0: CS is here! Well, sort of. I'm covering CS from home in my pajamas. Very, very different experience for me. But as usual, there is a ton of news coming from the show, so let's discuss the highlights. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me to discuss the show is someone who's quickly becoming a regular on the Daily Charge, Eli Blumenthal. Welcome, Eli. Thank you for having me back. This is this is fun. So, let's let's run through and keep in mind there's a lot going on. There are more than a dozen press conferences going on today. So, we're just really going to hit some of the highlights and some of the interesting things we've seen. Eli, what are some of the highlights for you? Let's start with Samsung because it's always a big show for Samsung. What are some of the headlines from the from Samsung?
1: Well, Samsung it's it's kind of a multi-layered approach to CES. Last week they introduced their some of their new TVs. Uh, Some new 4K TVs, 8K TVs, some have mini LED. They showed off new features for some of these televisions, including a remote that can charge off of indoor lighting. So you don't have to, you know, fumble around with AA or AAA batteries, which is a game changer, at least to me, because that's the worst. Wait, wait. So
0: how does this work? How does it, the lighting actually like has solar panels or something? Or how does it, how does it charge? I
1: believe it has panels on the back. And in theory, when you're done watching TV, you could just flip it over and just leave it, and it will charge off of the lighting in the room. So if you're in your, I guess, bedroom or living room or den or whatever, and you have the lights on and your remote's flipped over, it is charging, which is a fascinating piece of new tech that's actually useful. And that's something that at CES we can't always say, especially when it comes to (laughs) televisions, where you have features that are interesting and useful. There's always seemingly always random interesting features there aren't always useful interesting features and this definitely seems to be one that checks both of those boxes and curious to see how it actually performs and if it's actually usable in the
0: real world so yeah speaking of Impractical products. The last couple of years, Samsung really dominated the attention with a wall, right? This was those micro LEDs. These are these micro screens that uh, really form a much larger display and really were impractical to speak of uh, in past shows. But what about this year? Those usually
1: steal the headlines. This year, they weren't really focusing, at least from some of the stuff I saw early, uh, on micro LEDs. Those were customizable panels that you're talking about that you could. Build a TV, make it bigger or smaller, depending on what panels you have on, on your wall. This year, they were talking about mini-LED, which should allow for uh, an OLED type of picture quality, much higher quality picture than even its QLED. And we're just throwing a lot of acronyms out there, uh, all different types of, of lighting for a television. Um, but with mini-LED, they're 40 times smaller than traditional LED units, according to uh, David Katzmeyer, our, our TV expert. Who did the briefing with Samsung, uh, and it should, in theory, add for a much higher quality picture for those who don't necessarily want to go to the crazy expensive route of micro LED, where you again are customizing that experience.
0: Gotcha. And, and let's let's we're, we're going to move on from Samsung because already, they already have a busy week. We already know on Thursday they're going to have a whole another thing unpacked where they'll launch of their Galaxy S twenty one phones, and. That's separate from CES, but kind of part of CES, but we, we can talk more about that on Thursday. Uh, let's talk about LG. Um, they, they have their usual array of TVs. I I want to say that the most interesting thing for me was something they didn't even mention. They teased in their videos, I think at the end and beginning of the press conference, a rollable phone, a phone that rolls. And I know they've, they've kind of teased it before, but we've got the name, the LG Rollable. What do you think?
1: As far as the name goes... I'm okay with the Rollable if they're dropping the ThinQ AI nonsense that they were doing <laughs> for the last couple of years. It, they had, I think, last at one point it was the LG V60 Thin q 5G, something along those lines, which was basically just an acronym soup, saying LG Rollable. It describes the product in a way that's what the actual product is, and that's great. It's nice, simple, to the point. Is it creative? No. Functional? Yes. And I'm, I'm okay with that from LG. Drop the random things at the end.
0: We'll see if the thin cue name sticks around. My guess is when the, when the phone actually comes out, you'll still see that thin cue or think as a lot of us have been mispronouncing for years before they corrected us. Uh, moving on. What else, are we, what else did you see? What else impressed you from the show? Well, a couple of interesting things before we leave LG uh, they actually announced that they will have
1: Stadia and GeForce now into some of their TVs this year, apps, apps built in. Uh, So if you're a gamer, that could be interesting because you don't need to spend several hundred dollars on a console. You just have to pay for those respective monthly subscriptions um, and add a controller, but you should be able to get the gaming experience on your LG TV. It'll be interesting to see how that rolls out, how that actually performs if you're better off with dedicated hardware, like for example, a Chromecast Ultra, if you with, uh, sorry, not Chromecast Ultra, a Chromecast with Google TV, which is the new Chromecast Google introduced late last year that will get Stadia support at some point. Uh, the Chromecast Ultra is another device that Google sells that has Stadia support. It'll be interesting to see how that performs on the actual TV as opposed to a dedicated device. Uh, otherwise a lot of big TVs. Big TVs are a thing at CES this year. They've always been a thing, but this year they've gotten even bigger. Sony last week uh, introduced an 100-inch LCD TV, an 83-inch OLED, all of which are running Google TV. So they're taking Android TV, which was Google's platform. The new version of that is called Google TV, and they're actually putting the new version on, which is nice. Um, We're still seeing some TVs coming out with Android TV, and there is some discrepancy between the two. Google TV is the future for Google. That's what they're saying. Uh, so it's nice to see that Sony is embracing that for their 2021 models.
0: And another cup another company we've talked to or we've seen TCL, I know they also have a, a pretty healthy TV lineup, but I wanted to focus on some of the mobile phones because they've also they're they're looking to branch out as a family of products and once again i have, have talked about some some mobile products, right?
1: Yeah, TCL went kind of Crazy at CES this year. <laughs> they have on the TV side, TV side of things. They have this new XL collection, which is 85 inch TVs. There are three of them they're announcing. Uh, the first one will come out this quarter for sixteen hundred dollars. So it's not cheap, but it's giant. Uh, they're also bumping all of their uh, six series twenty 20- twenty one versions of the six series TV to 8K. So all the the new six series that are coming out this year will have 8K resolution. 8K is obviously a big thing. What you can do with 8K, that we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Um, we're we're still trying to get 4K everywhere, right? Uh, to put the challenge of 8K will be will be fun, um, but it should be should be a bit sharper. Uh, and then, they, as you mentioned, they have a bunch of other stuff. They have a couple of phones coming out. They introduced their new 20 series. Mm -hmm. which is the successor to last year's 10 series, which they talked about at CES. Uh, They are talking about some new tablets, including one that has what they're calling Next Paper. Yep. Spelled NXT. I don't know why they couldn't put the E in there. (laughs) It makes it cool. Sure. It it makes it cool. Uh, And that actually, it is a cool bit of technology. It replicates E-Ink. So it doesn't have any backlighting. It takes the lighting off of, I guess, the room around you, but it's unlike E-Ink, a full color regular display. Uh, it won't probably look as nice as a traditional LED or OLED screen, but it could present some interesting use cases, especially if you like using a tablet to read, for example, in sunlight. It'll be interesting to see how that performs there.
0: Yeah, it definitely feels like that is a souped-up version of your Amazon Kindle with a lot more capability. Um, we, you know, They talked about potentially playing games on it, although... I don't know how well it's going to work with, like, you know, Twitch-based, fast-paced shooters or first-person shooters, but definitely interesting, nevertheless. I'm curious what you think about CES really going virtual and the fact that we're really covering this from home. Uh, it loses something, the fact that we're really not all in Vegas and, and, you know, in person at these conferences or sitting in the seats fighting in line to get the best seat. Uh, what, what do you think about that?
1: I miss it. I miss it on a number of different levels. Uh, one of which is you get to see a lot of people for, at least for us at CNET uh, last year, I was able to see a bunch of people who, whether they're located around around the country or, or even around the world, we have a lot of colleagues internationally to be able to get people together in a room is nice to be able to see people you don't normally see. It's good to catch up in person. There is something to be said even more so this year about in-person communication as opposed to, you know, zoom or FaceTime or anything like that. And when it comes to CES doing it virtually while it's nicer and more efficient, you can just go from one, one zoom call to another. You have a lot of companies making really big claims as they generally like to do. And you can't really, you're not going to test them on a show floor, but you can at least see where they stand at this moment in January And a lot of products at CES don't usually come out if they come out at all. They don't usually come out until later in the year, but you can see where things stand at this time. Now, a lot of this is we're announcing this. This is what it is. We can show you a video of it that we produced and, you know, made sure everything looks perfect in. (laughs) But you can actually see how far along the actual product is to when it will eventually hit store shelves or online stores.
0: Yeah, the inability to vet some of these products in person, I think, is one of the real missing elements that we have with this year's remote CES. So, uh, hoping things get back to normal and we've got uh, a CES to go back to in 2022. Thanks for your time, Eli. Uh, I'd be remiss to at least not plug once again my uh, CES panel on Wednesday. Uh, as a result of some of the work that we're doing here and the fact that our fearless producer, Brian Van Gelder, is busy producing the live show, we're not going to have an episode tomorrow. Uh, but to make up for that, we're going to have uh, a interview that I had taped with the president of Qualcomm, Cristiano Amon, who will be the next CEO. Uh, and it'll be the first part of his interview, and we'll, we'll air that uh, that interview on wednesday it'll be part of that 5g panel so you get a sort of full access uh look at the the full discussion between he and i on on 5g so as always you can check all of our cs coverage on cnet.com if you have any questions hit us up on twitter at the daily charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co daily charge if you liked what you heard please subscribe and rate the podcast it really helps us out for the daily charge i'm roger chang thanks for listening